1: Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Good morning, everybody. It's Saturday and it's Chuck. And that means it's time for a select episode where we handpick and curate some of our favorite eps over the years to be re-released on Saturdays in case you don't have anything going on. This one goes all the way back to September 29th, 2016. It's about polar bears. They are super fascinating and cool and you will walk away with more than one dinner party fact that you can throw at your friends. How polar bears work right now.
3: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio.
0: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark, this is Charles W. Chuck. Chuck Bryant. Scratching out a significant amount of this <laughs> article, like literally as we started recording. That's important stuff. There's like numbers and dates and weights and yeah, temperatures you know and
2: that. That's it's important stuff you just scratched out. I feel like it's all covered in the body of the text of the article, though.
0: Well, I mean that's one way to do an intro, as anybody in journalism <laughs> can tell you. You can Take the write again. the article uh-huh. and then go back and summarize it sure. as an intro. Yeah, I've never been. Partial of that. Yeah. The intro to me is just like this stream of consciousness. It is. Yeah. Now it tells you where the rest of the article is going to go because you don't know, man. Because uh-huh. it's all jazz, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Polar bears. Polar bears. Another Not the polar bear club. Although they may have clubs, uh, yeah. they're one of the least studied mammal populations on the planet.
2: It's because it's cold. No one wants to go hang out and watch them.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And because it's also extremely dangerous to yeah to study polar bears up close and personal.
2: Yeah, they look cuddly, um, but they will. Especially they, newt. They will. Yeah. Remember newt? Yeah, I got a little bit about newt. Oh, okay. Very sad. But
0: you were going to say they look cute and cuddly, but don't leave us hanging. Well, you go up to hug one like you want to, right? And you get your face eaten. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you're lucky, that's all that happens. To you. you know, I saw pictures of a guy who um, survived a polar bear attack. Ooh! Oh my goodness! Yeah, he was messed up. Like, I guess it was still attached, but three quarters of his scalp was now flipped backable. Mm. Like, there's a hole clear through his Achilles tendon and his ankle. Wow! So, like, his Achilles tendon was intact. And it's the front, of the top of his, the front of his ankle was intact, but in between the two it was gone. That could have been a claw poke
2: or a fang.
0: Yeah, it could have been like flicking it with its thumb and, yeah.
2: and middle finger. Very strong. It's one of nature's cruelest things to make an animal so huggable uh, and so deadly. So yeah, you know, if, you're, if you hug
0: a polar bear, it's bad news. Yeah, it's like one of those black widows that marry and kill.
2: Right. Well, that's just my interpretation of polar bears, you know. <laughs> you, you mean the Ursus maritimus?
0: Yeah, and uh, maritimus is uh, it's a legitimate thing to call it. Because sure. technically a polar bear is a, um, a sea animal, a sea mammal.
2: Yeah. Because they spend
0: most of their time actually on the sea.
2: That's right. And in the sea sometimes, mm-hmm. as we'll find out. Right. Um, well, I guess we're knee deep in this thing, huh? Yeah, because you skipped the intro. <laughs> uh, so the polar bear, what they think, um, and I enjoy our animal casts a lot. Me too. And they're some of my favorite ones. I so just wanted to say that. Although the polar bear doesn't, despite its huggability, doesn't compete with the jellyfish or the octopus. Sure. Um, but it's up there. Sure it is. Because you can hug a jellyfish. You know, I think. And that an, an octopus. That's a great <laughs> hug. Yeah. Eight times as yeah, good Yeah, they as, won't let go. <laughs> or I guess four times as good. Yeah. All right, so the polar bear... Two, uh, two times as good. Because polar bear has four. No, I meant as a human hug. Oh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so Jerry even liked that one. <laughs> um, so the polar bear evolved, uh, as best as we know, a uh, couple hundred thousand years ago from the brown bear.
0: Actually, I saw the scientific consensus is between 5 million
2: and 600,000 years. Really? Because uh-huh. I saw the 200,000 all over the place. It's, Did you really? Yeah, but it might be one of those, you know. How the internet is.
0: Like, I think Science Magazine used the term scientific consensus. Oh, wow. So I was
2: like, uh, I, think they threw it be, <laughs> I think that might be right. <laughs> they threw down the gauntlet? Yeah. Uh, well, let's just say, let's go with the scientific consensus. Then. Okay. Um, and not our own article on our own website. Right. <laughs> uh, but they did evolve from the brown bear, uh, they think. And um one of the ways that they back this up is by saying polar bear can go have sex with a brown bear and they can make a baby bear and that bear can actually have babies. Yeah. Which means everything jibes. Do you remember our, I think it was our evolution in
0: isolation episode. Ah, That was a good one. Where we talked about speciation events. Uh-huh. And we talked about this, how the, how the brown bear just kept ranging further and further north. And as as their kind of habitat changed, they actually evolved to, a, to into a different species, the polar bear, right? Yeah, I remember that now. But I remember a species or a speciation event taking place when the two groups could no longer reproduce. That was my memory of it, but I guess not because I went back and double-checked yeah. and I was like, oh, polar bears are different species, but it can it can reproduce with brown bears. Huh. And it does make sense because humans and Neanderthals or Neanderthals – yeah if you're a pet (laughs) ant, could could, uh, reproduce and have fertile offspring. And they're definitely two different species of humans.
2: Yeah, that's true. Right? Yeah, they were. Well, you know, occasionally people get together and have a few drinks, and science is created. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, So there are way more um, brown bears. Everyone knows, and we're going to talk a lot about this, that the polar bear... I'm not sure of the official designation. I, I don't think it's officially listed. Well, it depends on where you are. Yeah, the, as the official listings is threatened or you know right.
0: the like. It depends on the country it's in.
2: Yeah, but they are they're not doing great. There's only about twenty five thousand polar bears, and uh, their habitat is shrinking, literally, physically shrinking.
0: Yeah, that's the big problem. Is that the the melting of Arctic sea ice? Yeah, as we'll see is. The Arctic sea ice is th- they, where they live. Right. They they live on ice floating out in the Arctic Ocean. Yes. Um, and they don't like to be on land. When they are on land, it's a problem for them. Yeah. So the the decrease in Arctic sea ice that's going on because of climate change um, is affecting them
2: tr- tremendously. Yeah, and affecting the rest of the ecosystem.
0: But uh, yeah, definitely because um, say like if they get stranded on land, they start hunting on like for land mammals, right. which affects the ecosystem and that now there's competition that's not normally there for, for prey. Exactly. You know, there's mm-hmm. all sorts of ripple effects that are coming out of it. Yeah. But one thing I did see is that the, the polar bears that are really, really far north uh-huh. are actually benefiting from the melting um, ice. Oh, really? Because it's easier for them to hunt now. Oh, because there is just less area to cover? Um, It's
2: the ice is thinner. Oh, oh, oh. So they can hunt more easily on it. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Well, it's a good thing you said north because you're not going to find polar bears at the South Pole where Santa lives. And penguins. No, wait. Santa lives at the North Pole. North Pole with the polar bears. That's right. We've all seen the Coca-Cola commercials. Yeah, but that has (laughs)
0: penguins in it.
2: Yeah. And penguins and polar bears would never meet. Yeah, that's true.
0: Except maybe at a zoo.
2: Yeah, that is true. They had polar bears at the San Diego Zoo.
0: There's a polar bear in China, in a mall in China, that has a zoo, and it is Ugh. one of the saddest things I've ever heard of. I signed a petition last night to free it. Oh, really? Its name is Pizza, and its it is... <laughs> it's, the pizza, of the polar bear. Wow, it's the uh, it's the saddest. I think it's billed as the saddest polar bear on the planet. Oh man, it's so sad. Look into it, Chuck.
2: Outside the petition.
0: Uh, I, yeah, I guarantee you will. And you know what?
2: I bet we could get a lot of people to sign that petition. Mm-hmm. We'll see if it matters. Okay. Do petitions matter? Do they make a difference? Uh, I think feels... if they're
0: accompanied with the right, like press, like media
2: pressure, right? Sure. Or like a mafia thug right. to deliver the papers. I got a petition for you. I highly recommend you read it. <laughs> uh, so polar bears do live only in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, those 25,000 are in 19 distinct populations uh, in five, just five countries, including the United States. Yeah, that's funny because their
0: habitat is at the top of the world mm-hmm. where five countries basically come together.
2: Yeah. you Well, Alaska...
0: Yeah, that's the U.S. part. Canada, sure. obviously. I think two-thirds of all polar bears actually live in Canada. Yes. Very they, nice. Even though if you asked them that, they wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> uh, Russia is uh-huh. another big one. Norway? Yep.
2: And Greenland? That is correct. Uh, and it is tough living up there for humans, but not for polar bears. They love it. They are well adapted over the years. Yes,
0: yeah, supposedly if they run... For any bit of time, they have to like stop and lay down. Yeah. Because they'll overheat and they will exhaust themselves.
2: Yeah. I identified a lot when I was reading this with the (laughs) polar bear. Right. Like, I kind of like these guys.
0: They are incredibly well adapted, um, which is another reason why I think they don't think it's any less than 600,000 years that they evolved from brown bears. Right. Because it takes a while. It would take so long for these just. They're really different from brown bears. Like, brown bears are basically herbivores. Uh Polar bears are carnivores. Yeah. They eat seal blubber. Like, brown bears eat berries. Right. And the occasional human on accident, maybe.
2: Yeah. But polar bears are like, give me some seals. I want them. I bet they would eat some berries if someone offered them up for dessert, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. But there are no berries. Right. You know?
0: But it would take a lot because they get kind of big and they need a lot of fat to, to... ward off the cold.
2: Well, yeah, and they have a lot of it. Uh, they have two layers of fur and then a uh, blubber, full blubber layer that's about four and a half inches thick of just blubber.
0: Yeah, supposedly like 50% of their weight at any given time or when they're fully um, developed or, or nourished yeah. is uh, blubber, Well, it's their own fat.
2: since you mentioned the weight, we'll go ahead and throw some stats out. Okay. Uh, adult males, eight or nine feet. Nine feet.
0: Apparently, that's the biggest bear. The polar bear is the biggest of the bears. Yeah,
2: from what I understand. Not the Berenstein bears. <laughs> Berenstain bears. <laughs> Berenstain. Uh, adult females uh, six to eight feet, and the the males weigh up to thirteen hundred pounds. Nine feet tall and thirteen hundred pounds. Yeah, that's that's intimidating. It is. You've and seen Lost? I haven't. Yeah. This article mentioned it, though. Of course because it was probably written when these stats were accurate. <laughs> uh, the females can get up to about 700 pounds. Those claws I mentioned, uh, about two inches, and um, they live about 20 years. Um, yeah, I was surprised by that. It's really short. 20 years? Sure. Oh, I didn't think that was too bad for a bear. Oh, I thought it was very short. What do you think? What's a good bear span for hmm. you, lifespan?
0: Like 40 or 50 years. Yeah? That's what I want to see in for a bear, yeah <laughs> well, we all do, yeah. let's be honest,
2: twenty years, this is like live fast, die young type age, <laughs> you know, so uh their paws, which we mentioned the the claws they they have these big, beautiful, fat, round paws that act like snowshoes, and they they walk and they spread out when they walk on the on the ice and sort of distribute their weight, and in fact, when they're on thin ice, they even spread their arms out wider, it's very cute, mm. uh and they have. These little uh, papillae on their bottom paws. Right. These little nubs, because ice is slippery. And they the front paws are actually slightly webbed uh, for swimming. It's amazing. Yeah. So like you said, it's it's a sea bear.
0: It is. The maritimus.
2: <laughs> Ursa
0: maritimus. So let's let's talk about some of its like actual habits and the things it does after a break. You want to? Yes. <laughs>
3: I'm i to
0: Chuck, you mentioned their fur right yeah so you know their fur is translucent that's
2: right they're not we it's talked not we talk about that on wiped. another episode at some point probably
0: the the evolving isolation one
2: yeah or maybe translucent or by or uh oh maybe or uh, the butterfly's wings one yeah yeah what is i can't remember what it's called
0: iridescence iridescence that was a really interesting episode too it was um but yeah their 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 um fur is actually it's translucent because it's hollow, uh-huh. and it's hollow because it traps air, and then their body heat can warm the air. Yeah. It's kind of like, um, have you ever camped when it was cold? Yes. And all you need is one of those little thin blow up mats because your body heat warms the air underneath it. A uh, thermarest. Right. That's a brand name, but sure. Right, okay. So it's the same thing, but this is their fur that's doing that. Yeah. Um, and since it's hollow and translucent, it uh, actually scatters all colors of light and creates this white appearance like a, a quartz would or something like that. Yeah, it's amazing. So they're not actually white, coated in white fur. It's all an
2: illusion. Yeah, so if you saw a polar bear in New York City, it would be the color of street garbage. Right, like a chameleon. <laughs> it's not true.
0: Street garbage color. Uh, what color is that?
2: Well, you know. It's grayish in, mustard? Yeah, it's like a pizza box, Then mm-hmm. there'll be some recycling, mm-hmm. and then just some just New York apartment detritus. Mm-hmm. It's like the colors of the rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so the fur is um, not all over their body. The parts of their body that don't have this uh, thick insulation and this blubber uh, the tail and the muzzle and the ears are have adapted to be small because it's not as insulated with that blubber.
0: Mm-hmm. So it it, um, it requires less energy to heat. Yeah. And it, it has less surface to, to lose heat from, right? That's right. So, yeah, these guys are, like, incredibly well adapted for their environment, which is really saying something because their environment is about as inhospitable to a mammal as you can imagine. Yes. Um, they are routinely... Comfortable and apparently have no heat loss whatsoever at temperatures of like negative um, what is it like
2: negative fifty Fahrenheit?
0: Negative fifty. Yeah, that's the like that's the temperature they're they're comfortable in. Um, and they actually yeah they experience no change in body temperature at a temperature of negative thirty four degrees Fahrenheit, which is negative thirty seven Celsius. Amazing. Yeah, they're just like it's they're unaffected by it. Yeah, they're that well suited to the environment.
2: Uh, so we mentioned them walking. They can walk a great distances, up to 30, I'm sorry, 20 miles, 30 kilometers a day uh, for days and days in a row. And uh, they've been tracked swimming up to 60 miles, which is amazing.
0: Okay. One other thing.
2: Yeah. I
0: saw um, a Canadian Geographic article, which is a thing. Okay. <laughs> uh and they, I guess, this was a 2012 article, and they mentioned a recent study. So, probably 2010, 2011, maybe yeah. 2012 study found polar bears swimming as a result of climate change um, up to 687 kilometers. Wow. That's 426 miles. That's to get from ice to ice? Yes. Man, that's sad. Four hundred and twenty-six miles. These things are just swimming, like. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, and I don't think they're supposed to swim that far. No, definitely not. You know. No, but they can. They'll do it. That's amazing, and they're doing that to eat that sweet, sweet seal blubber.
0: Yeah, and plus, I mean, the sea ice is their habitat. This is where they live. It's where they sleep. It's and it's where they hunt most, most importantly.
2: Yeah. So um, they don't. Another big difference with the brown bear is they don't hibernate like uh, the your average bear. Uh, You like that? Uh, Females sort of semi-hibernate when they're kind of pre- and post-pregnancy, but it's not true hibernation in, like, the biological sense.
0: You want to talk about mating? (laughs) Oh, sure. Specifically polar bear mating? Oh, oh, yeah. I guess we should. So, again, they they are um, a fairly not closely studied... um, mammal population, right? So scientists actually aren't entirely sure how females signal to males that they're um, uh, ready to reproduce. Right. And the reason why is um, the females don't appear to actually go into any kind of heat. They have something called induced ovulation, right? Yes. Which is once they're mating, they start to ovulate. Yeah, it actually...
2: The intercourse is what causes the ovulation,
0: right? And not always. Sometimes it takes several times. Yeah, you got to be good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you got to know what you're doing, right? Um, and once the once they actually do, um, make uh, I guess sure. Yeah. Once the once the egg is fertilized, yes, it, the 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 embryo doesn't actually start developing right away either.
2: Yeah, that's super interesting. It's an eight month gestation, uh-huh. but the first four months. It's, it's just sitting there. Yeah, just the fetus is just like waiting uh, while the mom eats and eats and eats yeah. and prepares for that long uh, that long period, as we'll see where the, where you know she has her little cub and uh, cubs. Think, yeah, a couple couple usually, at a time. Usually twins. Isn't that cute? Have, you know, well, you've seen polar bear cubs, right? Yeah, it's pretty adorable. Twins, Chuck. They're born blind, without teeth. They probably make cute little noises. They're not insulated, so they need mom. Like, if polar bear mom dies right away, polar bear cubs will not survive.
0: Oh, yeah, they're they're toast. Zero chance. Yeah, like you said, they're born blind and without teeth. They have really thin fur, no insulation. They weigh about a pound and are a foot long, which is really tiny for a bear that's going to grow into 1,300 pounds. Oh, yeah. Um, And, yeah, the mom makes a den when she's... um, Carrying her uh, her embryos and uh-huh. starts to fatten up. She goes and makes a little winter den, sometimes a snow den, which by the way, you
2: should see that movie Snowden. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, yeah. The the documentary or the movie? Well, both. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Um, and so she'll make a little snow cave, snow den, that kind of thing, um, or use an actual cave. But for the most part, she's usually just she's digging out a little space for herself. Sure. And then um, she'll give birth and then nurse the cubs for at least their first 20 months.
2: Yeah, they have to hang out with Mama for a while and drink that milk.
0: Yeah, I think maybe um, a couple years, maybe up to four years they spend with Mom, like, learning to hunt and all that kind of stuff. Um, But, uh, yeah, she doesn't leave the snow den for, like, the first um, several months.
2: Yeah, Dad splits after a week. Right. He's like, my work here is done. I might even go get someone else pregnant. Right. Uh, they're not uh, monogamous. Uh, the, women, uh, the women, the females, um, <laughs> the women. they're lady, lady bears. Right. They, uh, they mate successfully, usually between the age of six and eight years old. And they only, for a mammal, don't reproduce a lot, which is one of the reasons there's only 25,000 of them. They only have about five litters over their lifespan, whereas some mammals, you know, I mean, they just have litter upon litter every year of multiple, multiple little cubs.
0: Yeah. Which is another reason why, you know, a loss of the, to the polar bear population is sure. It's a big deal. Yeah. They don't replace their replacement rate is kind of low.
2: That's right. Uh, and there could be, you know, a battle over mating with a female because, um, it's, you know, it's sparse out there. It's not the most happening scene for (laughs) for picking up. uh... It's not a fern bar. (laughs) No, it's not a fern bar. Uh, so if that happens, they, they will fight. They won't kill each other. Um, yeah,
0: I thought that was kind of neat.
2: Yeah, of course, the human in me is like, they know that they're dwindling, so they won't kill each other. <laughs> right. Of course, it's not true at all. That's funny because the human
0: in me was like, they, they're like, it's really tough out here, so we all got to <laughs> stick together.
2: Yeah, you'd like to think that. Um, but what they do is they will uh, they will lower their head, but pin their ears back and roar. It's kind of a lot of posturing. Um, but there could be, like, an injury that occurs fighting over uh, who to mate with. Right, but not to the death. Yeah. I'm sure it happens occasionally. There's probably a jerk bear every now and then. <laughs> yeah. You know? This feels threatened. Todd. Yeah. He's all on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but when a death will happen is if anyone messes with those cubs. Because mama bear sure. will take you down. Yeah. Like, without thinking twice. Right. It's very sweet. So, the... Little bears
0: have been brought up by their mom, the twins, Chuck and Buck. <laughs> they, are, they have been brought up by their mom and raised to hunt, 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 and uh, now they know what they're doing. So if you could drop in on either one of those guys, and actually they're, I, I was really surprised to hear this males will like, hang out with one another. Yeah They're not necessarily territorial. Yeah, they'll even share a meal occasionally yes. if they have enough. Again, that's because they're like, it's tough out here, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. They're like, brother, can you spare a dime?
2: I've had my 100 pounds of blubber today.
0: Right. Which is literally how much they can eat. Right. So um, when they hunt, they prefer ice, uh, like a a bit of ice, sea ice that sure. they can sit on. And actually what they'll do is they look for holes in the ice The main prey... Of the polar bear is the ringed seal. Yeah, it's their favorite. They'll they'll eat other stuff. They'll eat just about anything: a whale carcass, a live beluga whale that yeah. they can catch, um, walruses, whatever. But they really go nuts for ringed seals. Yeah. Okay. So um, ringed seals have a thing where whenever it's um, th- the ice is thin enough for them to dig through, and by thin enough we're talking like six feet. Yeah. Right. The seal has these um, basically appendages on its flippers that are sharp. Yeah. And they use it to carve holes through the sea ice. Mm -hmm. And these are the seal's breathing holes. And they make about 10 to 15 of them every season. And then they'll keep them like open throughout the season. They maintain them. So they're hunting down there. They're eating their own stuff. They need to come up for air sometimes. Well, polar bears stake these things out. Because they know that a seal has to come up for air every, like, five to ten minutes. Yeah, it's like
2: whack-a-mole almost. Exactly. Yeah. And they, it's, well, it's sad in a way, but it's also, uh, it's, it's pretty, sad for the seal. It is. But it's necessary. And it's pretty
0: sharp, too. But it's it, it's an amazing waiting game that requires tons yeah. of patience.
2: Like, you can watch videos on YouTube of a bear, and this is like a, a thousand-pound bear, like, very gingerly, because, mm-hmm. you know, they, the seal can see what's going on or feel mm-hmm. it. Right. And they very quietly walk up to these holes mm-hmm. and just wait like a cat almost. Hours? Yeah. Like days? Just waiting and smelling. They can smell like 20 miles. Right. So you can bet they can smell down into that hole. Sure. And then there's one slow-mo video of this bear, <laughs> like, leaping up in the air. And the hole, basically everything but his butt and his hind legs goes down into that water. Right. Grabs that seal with those claws. And, and that seal goes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like these, curse these breathing holes that I need. I yeah. uh, couldn't I have had guilt. <laughs> yeah. And the bear uh, eats well, like I said, about 100 pounds in a meal. And it's also horrific. Yeah. Because
0: they're white and the blood from the seal really stands out against it Yeah, them. and on the ice and snow,
2: it's like it does. It looks like a, a horror movie.
0: But bears have actually evolved to clean up very like immediately after eating. So they'll eat and eat and eat. Like you said, they'll eat like a hundred pounds of blubber at a time. And when the hunting's good, they'll just eat the seals blubber. Sure. Right. Um, And actually what's interesting is the omega threes in that seal blubber actually cut down on the type of cholesterol that would allow plaque to build up in their arteries. Oh wow. So they can subsist basically on a diet of fat seal blubber. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. Um, and right after they finish this meal, they're covered in blood, and it's really, again, horrific. They'll take a bath. Depending on the time of year, they'll take a bath in the, in the sea itself, uh-huh. or they'll take a, a snow bath, and then they'll take a little nap.
2: Well, because they need that, like you said, they need that fur to remain translucent and clean in order to stay warm right. and dry. So, uh, yeah, they clean up to keep themselves warm, not just because they look like something out of a Wes Craven movie. right.
0: But but also because they have to remain camouflaged, too.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, before we take a break, I do want to mention the the very funny thing. If a polar bear does not get that seal in the hole, uh-huh. they can throw a little hissy fit. Oh, yeah. And they've been known to, like, pound the ice in frustration. Uh, and I don't think, like, people are, you know, putting their stuff on the bear. Like, it, they literally, like, when they miss the seal... Start throwing things around and beating on the ice because right. they're angry.
0: Like imagine waiting at an air hole for yeah. two days. Yeah. the seal finally comes up and you miss. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I can. I don't think it's anthropomorphizing either. Yeah, it's pretty funny.
2: Um, all right, well let's take a break, and we'll talk a little bit about their uh, dwindling ice and numbers after this. <laughs>
1: Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots
3: And I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
1: I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States.
3: With Joshua and Charles, stuff you know.
2: All right, we're back. Uh, one thing we did not mention that I think is obvious, but we might as well say it: is the polar bear is nothing hunts the polar bear. Right? They are the king daddies and mamas of their land, the apex predator. Yeah, which is a pretty good place to be. Um. The bad place to be, if you're a polar bear, is where you live and hunt because, like we said, it's it's shrinking. And um, it creates a lot of problems. We mentioned a little bit about the ecosystem. You know, they'll go in there and they'll eat birds and eggs and things like that when they have to, caribou maybe. On the shore, shoreline? Yeah, but they're, they're not supposed to be eating that stuff. Right. Uh, and they're not supposed to be encountering humans uh, as often as they are either which is a problem in some parts of the world.
0: Yeah, well, there's actually um, a town in Manitoba called Churchill that's developed a, a, like, basically, it's made itself a tourist destination for polar bear tourism. Uh Um, But it's, like, one of the few places in the world that's, like, an established settlement where Westerners can come and... um, View them? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But even in Churchill, they, they occasionally have to like shoot the polar bears if they just won't leave. Yeah. And apparently little PSA here. If you ever encounter a polar bear, do not lay down and play dead. That's not what you want to do.
2: Yeah, is it like regular bears you try to make yourself look big?
0: Look big, make a lot of noise, chase them off. Um apparently they'll break out there's another town um in uh I think Norway uh that what they'll like rev their snowmobiles. They'll get the town helicopter out and try to scare them off like that.
2: Yeah, that's the one Svalbard, which has uh, 2,300 people and 3,000 polar bears. Yeah. So they've probably gotten pretty used to fending for themselves.
0: Yeah, they have. Um, For the most part, the bears will leave because from everything I saw, the polar bear in particular isn't interested in, in encountering humans. It's not their thing. No, it's like
2: almost any wildlife. They're forced into that situation.
0: Yeah, if you look at bear attacks, though, um, like a grizzly bear will attack you while you're just sleeping quietly in a sleeping bag near, in, in, anywhere near it, and it comes into your camp, it'll maul you. You're dead. The polar bear, list of polar bear attacks do not include stuff like that. It's, it's a polar bear that you've startled or you're very hungry or it's very hungry And you happen to have meat in your pockets.
2: Yeah, that was... (laughs) Yeah, in Churchill, Manitoba, their their stats, they have had two people killed in 300 years by polar bears.
0: Yeah, which that's a pretty good track record for one of two towns where... Not bad. Yeah. Uh,
2: One of them was because these kids uh, saw a bear and started throwing rocks at it. Not a good idea. So the bear was like... All right, jerks, here I come. Uh, and then the second one, a dude had meat in his pockets. You know? Yeah. He was eating at a diner. He wanted to go box. <laughs> Got his meatloaf. They're like, just,
0: just put that meatloaf in your pocket. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I guess I will this one time. and The one time. But actually, if you do look at the polar bear stats, right? For attacks. Fatal attacks by polar bears in the United States and Canada. And remember, 60% of all polar bears... Uh, live in Canada. Yeah. So this is a substantial amount of the polar bears. Um, there there have been eight fatal attacks in the United States and Canada by polar bears since 1972. Four of those took place in zoos where humans climbed into the enclosure with the polar bear. I saw so, this one
2: lady that wanted to swim with them. Yeah. they she jumped in and got bitten on, like, the arm and back and was, like, screaming, and they fished her out. Oh, she survived? She survived.
0: What a bad idea. Yeah. Um, Apparently, that's a thing. There's a a dude in uh, Toledo, Mm -hmm. before I was born, who was found in the polar bear enclosure at the Toledo Zoo, and they think he was probably on drugs. And I'm sure he was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to go hang (laughs) out with that polar bear. (laughs) Yeah. But think of it. Eight people died in the U.S. and Canada since 1972, half of them at the zoo. Yeah, Only four
2: in the wild. Yeah, so that's the real stat. It does say a lot. It does. Um, And, you know, we said make yourself look big. If you don't know what that means, that means the big trick is to, uh, you probably got on a winter coat if you're living in one of these places. So just grab the bottom of your winter coat and pull it up over your head uh, with your arms. And basically, yeah, you just appear like large and that's one of the big survival tips for any bear really just makes you look bigger and scarier right because bears are you know actually polar bears are pretty smart supposedly is that right yeah i was about to say they were dumb but they uh they're one of the smarter mammals
0: i mean how so where did you see
2: that i I was just on a polar bear site you know they were were just literally (laughs) ticking off all the like cognitive abilities but i think there's they're supposed to be much smarter than like your average brown bear yeah yogi bear
0: yeah yeah yogi's pretty smart he can talk, wears a tie. I, yeah. I think he's driven
2: a car before. He can get inside a picnic basket. Mm-hmm. I'd love that when I was a kid. Did you watch that? Oh, yeah. Yogi Bear. I liked Yogi Bear from like the
0: original series all the way through the weird stuff in like the 70s. I don't remember the weird stuff. Like um, the Laugh Olympics. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. All that.
2: Spinoffs and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, Chuck, we've uh, talked about it uh, indirectly a couple of times, but the the polar bear's habitat is shrinking tremendously, right? Yes. The ice is literally melting. And like I was saying in that one Canadian Geographic article, they were saying the bears bears in the south are really having trouble, and there are far more human bear encounters than there normally are. Yeah. Because if a bear makes his way to shore and um, summer strikes— and the ice recedes they're stuck, he's stuck, yeah, they have to wait around until winter comes again or late fall, and the ice starts to come back toward shore, so they can swim toward it,
2: yeah, or swim four hundred miles right
0: exactly um so that's that's creating a problem, especially for the ones that are in the southern range and but the ones that are in the northern range are enjoying like easier hunting than ever, yeah because the the ice is thinning out for them, so the the seals can get through it more easily, so there's more seals, so there's more hunting right up up north. The thing is is that's not necessarily sustainable, like they may be enjoying like a heyday right now, but eventually that ice will melt too, and well, they'll be goners, interesting because a bear can overheat from from running, yeah, right, so as the temperatures increase the 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 bears actual physical health is in danger, let alone their, you know, habitat shrinking. Yeah. Um, so they're not entirely certain what to do.
2: Uh, I looked up hunting polar bears, mm-hmm. and I think the only, the Inuit people are allowed to. No. Well, I, you can get, there are certain places in Canada where you can get an exemption, mm-hmm. but it's apparently very rare and controlled. And, and very expensive. Well, and expensive, and and supposedly they say is is well within the um the bounds of not harming the the overall population number. Well, again, I'm sorry to
0: keep going back to this, well, but that Canadian geographic article um I should probably say the name. I think it's called like The Truth About Polar Bears. Yeah. Totally worth reading. But um it talks a lot about managed hunting programs, the being a good thing or bad. They were saying it's as long as it's done right, basically everybody involved i think they even cited the world wildlife fund yeah. as saying like yeah we should probably like manage these populations through hunting with with very strict quotas but yeah the inuits traditionally or the inuit and i think the cree are two groups that have like virtually unrestricted hunting yeah like native rights but they're they're apparently trusted to you know stay within these these Limits.
2: Yeah, and the people that can pay to do it, I think, have to be taken in by Inuit guides. Yeah. And they actually, uh, the Inuit families are who keeps the, the bear meat. Right. After the rich American. Yeah, I saw that too.
0: Kills the bear. Which is, that's great. Just, who cares about the meat? I just want to kill the bear. Yeah, I just want the head on my wall. I founded Jimmy John's. <laughs> Isn't that the guy?
2: Yeah, he's a big game hunter.
0: Who else? was? Who's the other guy, the dentist that killed Leo the lion? Yeah. I wonder what ever happened to him.
2: I bet his dentist practice suffered. Yeah. That'd be my guess.
0: Oh, it definitely did, but I wonder if it rebounded since since the initial, since the internet got bored and moved on to something else.
2: Yeah, probably so. I'm, I mean, I'm not into any hunting for myself, um, but I certainly um Hate big game hunting for you, anyone.
0: You know, I would like to put a call out. Like, um, anytime I've I've had discussions about hunting or whatever, mm-hmm. and I, I've said I, I don't I don't see the point in our modern world of hunting. Um, I, it's always been countered with, "Well, you know, hunting's a lot more humane than the factory sure. f- farming that you're you're eating the meat from." Yeah, um, and I've never that's always struck me as a straw straw argument, straw man argument, but yeah. I've never been able to exactly identify why. Yeah. Or maybe it's not, and that's why I've never been able to identify why, but it's it's always confounded me.
2: Yeah, I don't, I mean, I know that people talk about the populations and controlled hunting and all that being mm-hmm. good for the population. Right. Which, I'm sure that's very valid. I'm just talking about me personally, like, when push came to shove, I like hanging out in the woods, I like camping, mm-hmm. I like shooting guns every now and then. Oh, yeah. At targets, sure. Mm-hmm. Shoot up some tin cans, it's fun. Sure. But, uh, When push came to shove, I could never like pull the trigger and kill an animal. I shot a squirrel when I was a kid. Yeah. And it was just like the worst day of my life. Yeah. I think I've told that story. It was awful. I've got one or two of those under my belt. Yeah. And you either get into it or you don't, I guess. And all of my friends hunted growing up, you know, in Georgia. Sure. At my church, like every single one of them. But my dad didn't hunt. So I didn't hunt. Yeah. And he didn't take a stand. He was just, he was into camping and hiking and not shooting animals.
0: Leaving nothing but footprints. Yeah. Take Taking only nothing pictures. but photographs.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not take only pictures and polar bear heads. Leave <laughs> only footprints. <laughs> leave only blood in the snow. <laughs> and leave the polar bear meat behind for the Inuit. So, Newt? You want oh, me to, yeah, Newt. You got anything else? Nope. Let's finish up with Newt. Everyone remembers Newt. Cutest polar bear ever. Uh, in Germany. And Newt died very sadly. Uh, had a seizure and fell into a pool and they think that he probably drowned once he fell in.
0: Right, I think he had meningitis.
2: Well, no, they finally found out what it is. They couldn't find any kind of pathogen, and so uh, this Dr. Harold Pruss uh, for the German Center of Neurodegenerative Disease got together with um, Professor Alex Greenwood at the Leibniz Institute for Zoo and Wildlife Research, and they said that he had an autoimmune disease, they found out, uh, because nothing made sense about the seizure. So they really wanted to investigate, not only for Newt's sake, but to, you know, see if they could help other animals. Right. And uh, it turns out that Newt is the very first animal domesticated wild ever diagnosed with an anti-NMDA receptor encephalitis.
0: Oh, that's what it was, encephalitis, not meningitis.
2: Yeah, which is a non-infectious form of encephalitis, which uh, basically is when you're... Body's own immune system attacks your brain. Wow. It's the very first animal ever recorded to have this. So
0: Poor Newt.
2: Well, poor Newt, but a big breakthrough to learn this. That it can happen? Yeah. Yeah. Because now they can, you know, study it and Newt was the the reason that they can make this progress. So maybe something good can come from that. Yeah. Very sad, though. Sure. Have a seizure and fall in the water and drown. Uh, Yeah. Oof. Got anything else? Got nothing else.
0: I do have one other thing. The uh, Inuit, speaking of the Inuit, they have um, obviously a number of legends about polar bears. Sure. One of them is that they're actually uh, shapeshifters, Ooh. human shapeshifters. Once again, they they're igloos. They shed their polar bear skin and turn back into humans. I like that. The other is that um, when when an Inuit uh, kills a polar bear, they will put out like an offering of tools. Uh-huh. Again, with the idea that the polar bears um, have some sort of, uh, they share an afterlife with humans, possibly as humans, Uh um, and that they need these tools in the afterlife. And the better the spread of tools you give the polar bear, the more likely this polar bear is to tell other living polar bears, hey, you should let this guy kill you, because he's going to hook you up with some amazing tools afterward. Nice. So go ahead and let him take your life. Very spiritual. It's pretty cool. They call him Nanook.
2: Yes. (laughs) N-A-N-U-K. Yeah. (laughs) Not O-O-K.
0: If you want to know more about Nanook, you can type the word polar bears into the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And since I said
2: Nanook, it's time for listener mail. I'm going to call this a letter from a young fan. Okay, good. We like those, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, hey, guys, I'm a 14-year-old fan. Actually, my 15th birthday is tomorrow, which is now in the past. Mm-hmm. So he's already 15. Uh, I wanted to get it out before then. I've been uh, listening since last July, and I've recently been listening to the older podcast from the beginning. I'm about three years in at this point. I've never written in before because I had no real reason to. Uh, I have recently started my freshman year at a new school, uh, and it's been hard for me because I was homeschooled before this. And I could listen to you guys whenever I wanted to. But now I'm at a charter school, and I miss having you in my ear all the time. Hmm. Uh, and then he sends, his name is uh, Elias, and he sends a couple of PSs. Uh, if Jerry were to speak at a normal volume, mm-hmm. would your microphones pick her up? Uh, no. I don't think so, Jerry. Would they? No. She shakes it right now. These are directional mics? Uh, these are omnipresental
0: mics. Well, that means they should pick up Jerry. Right, but they're not that good. Oh, okay. Uh,
2: no, Elias, these microphones are generally uh, for when we put our mouths right upon them, and they're not meant to hear other things in the room. Right, that's, that's what they're made for. Yeah, because Jerry, she yells at us through most of the show. Yeah. No one ever hears it. There's a lot of, like, shaking and twitching <laughs> that we do. And then the PPS, which is correct, uh, recently came across how squatters work. Uh, you gave an example of renters who moved out but it had invited a house guest who refused to move out which classified as a squatter I was wondering if you could rent for a month stop paying and refuse to move out and invoke squatter's rights would that work? I'm not planning on trying it but it invoked my curiosity Elias I don't think that would work because it takes many many years to uh, to finally gain you know I mean you might be able to stay there for a little while but I don't think you would be able to stay there for the years it would take to gain, uh, I guess, ownership of the property.
0: Oh, is that? That's what he's asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, you you'd be able to stay there throughout the legal process, but like I think it's like 13 years that you have to stay somewhere. Well, it depends Before on the state. you can. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but it's everywhere. years, right?
2: Yeah, it takes yeah. a long time. Sure. And I would imagine at some point a landlord would eventually bring in. Uh, Vinny and uh, (laughs) Vinny and Jimmy Vinny and Toots yeah Vinny and Toots to uh, make sure you leave yeah that would be my guess
0: the key here Elias is to go find yourself an abandoned house that (laughs) clearly no one wants move in there spruce the place up and start paying taxes on it don't do that but I'm just saying sure advice to 15 year old listeners thank you Elias yeah thanks a lot Elias that was a good one Uh, if you have a question uh, then you want to get in touch with us You can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stuffyoushouldknow. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyoushouldknow.com.
1: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts myHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.